Today on Ways of Life, you'll get to walk with my friend Bruce Roberts and me on his farm west of Nashville, Tennessee. It's called Harpeth Moon Farm. When I first met Bruce years ago, he was booking tours for independent artists, including his son and daughter-in-law, who make beautiful music as Carolina Story. I hosted Ben and Emily for house shows when we lived in North Carolina, and they and Bruce felt like kindred spirits from the start. Bruce and I ran into each other again last fall in the backyard of a mutual friend, and I instantly knew I wanted to hear more about his journey into sobriety and a philosophy on life he describes as bigger and freer than the way he lived before. Bruce is now 61 and exudes peace and acceptance of himself and his life in such a beautiful way, as you will hear in this conversation. Enjoy. I know. Uh, <laughs> what's what's his name? Or her, her name? Mika. Mika. Yeah, I bought her. She's a duck hunting dog. She was a lady I bought her from. I knew uh, of. Yeah, she raises and field trials these Labradors. Okay. And uh, this is beauty pick. This is what you use for. Yeah. But it's uh. Mm. There's for been repellent. studies that this is a, as 100% effective as DEET. Wow. Now, this batch has awesome. been sitting for a couple years, in a, and I'm sure it's still good. But the, this thing has, like, these fuchsia berries in the fall that you can make jelly from. They're not something you want to eat, almost like an elderberry. But, okay. But uh, so How long have you owned this property? Uh, six years, maybe. Yeah. About six years. Wow. I think. You've done a lot. It's been oh, six gosh. years. Oh, man. You can't even imagine what it was. So tell, tell me what your, what your life is about right now. What does it look like right now? And then we'll go back. Okay. Well, I still help run a tire company in Arkansas. Okay. That my granddaddy started in 1931. And I quit that job 13 years ago <laughs> and had a going away <laughs> party and I haven't missed a paycheck. So I come and help on the farm in the afternoons and on the weekend and keep their books and that kind of stuff. And as I told you, I'm working on a book that's mm-hmm. really difficult to do because I'm not really writing a book. I'm taking it from... 15 or 16 years of journaling mm-hmm. and so I've got to weed through that but yeah so that's kind what of what the, it's like. What is what was the urging to take those journals and uh, transform it into a book? Well the journal started quite a few I guess early in my journey which we'll get to but the uh, um, the book part I kept having people tell me, you need to write a book, <laughs> you know? And it's like, well, I've already got the stuff, kind of. Mm-hmm. My kids would ask, what about so-and-so? And I said, well, when I'm dead, you can read my book, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and so it just uh, has kind of morphed into that. And I don't know, getting a little older, mm-hmm. this is probably the busiest time of my life to be worried with a book. Mm. But... You never know, you know, right. so 
Right. It's like I need to do it. Have you always been a journaler? Well, like a... in the last 20 years, well, probably the last 15, yes, mm -hmm. but no, not before, not before that. Yeah. Well, what, what was it that caused you to start even processing and writing? Well, I think probably with my original, I guess we'll call it uh, spiritual awakening, mm. um, quite a few years ago, and I can get into that if you want sure. to dive into that. You know, it, uh, oh, gosh, that's a long story. I'm sure we got a long walk. <laughs> but the, uh, well, maybe before you go back yeah. to it, like, your, what does spirituality mean to you or look like for you now? Oh, now. And then we'll go back. Completely different than what it was. <laughs> yeah, I bet that's all. I'm just going to introduce myself. That's Max. Hi, I'm Krista. That's Max. Nice to meet you. Son-in-law. Yes. Soon to be. Awesome. But, uh, we all enjoy your walk. Thank you. Uh, Good yeah, to Yeah, we're going to go down. How do you see the world? What is your worldview right now? Well, it's way bigger than it was. Mm -hmm. You know, I guess I see it as, you know, there's one... God, one creator, one source, one light. I got mm -hmm. various names I go through that I feel that uh, we all fall under. I, I feel like religion is, uh, has, you know, something that man has come up with for various reasons, and it works and for a lot of people, but mine has just expanded big time, and, uh, you know, that... That journey started, as far as more spiritual than religion, was with uh, getting sober almost 10 years ago mm. and uh, working the 12 steps and just talking to a lot of different people outside of my bubble. And uh, I don't know, there's a lot of people that, uh, you know, the higher power concept came, but uh, I just feel that it uh, opened just a a lot of questions, a lot of rabbit trails, as I call them, mm -hmm. and uh, my cohorts call them, that I dove down with certain doubt, and and it's just led down so many paths, you know, different paths that uh, I pick up pieces of what I feel is my truth and leave the pieces that, that don't, don't seem to fit me anymore. And, I used to be seeking the truth, which I guess I still am, but I feel like now I had this discussion with a guy today that, you know, I'll always be just thinking, you know, it's, it's so big I can't grasp it. Before I thought I had it all figured out mm. and, and <laughs> I'm not even close, but it's a, it's a beautiful thing. I just feel freer and... Uh, so the not not having it all systematized doesn't stress you out. The opposite. The opposite. The opposite. <laughs> I think before, and part of my, you know, in the sobriety story, but, you know, I just felt that uh, I was still missing something. I, I became something I guess I wasn't. Mm -hmm. Not that that was a necessarily a bad thing because some of what I was doing wasn't as good, but but uh, I just feel like it. Everything kind of 
morphed into this this other other side that uh, just felt right you know and it uh, I don't know uh, how do you um, who are you now and, and then I want to hear like who were you 20 years ago before yeah. this journey began um, where's your who identity am I now yeah. well all right, that's probably a good question, but I, I feel the guy you're walking with now is, is the, the real Bruce Roberts mm. that has been there before, but I always used to tell him in 12-step in, uh, that I resorted back to childhood, back to pre-abuse. There was some abuse in my life that uh, changed a lot of things for me I guess sure maybe uh, you know I've even questioned that there's a lot of me that thinks and you and I've talked the Enneagram we can get there <laughs> not right this second but I feel like how I was designed as a nine mm -hmm. which I think you are yes. too <laughs> yeah so we can relate is who I was meant to be and it allowed me in that to deal with what I had um, had seen before. Um, and so, I, yeah, I think when I found religion, I kind of threw everything away and the past was gone as it's, I was told to think that everything, you're a new creation, you're a new person, but I didn't, I didn't understand it. I don't, I don't want to act like it was a bad thing because you've heard me say it's, things are as they're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. That's the way I, if I just stay in the moment, I don't get ahead. I, you know, I can't change a lot in the rear view mirror, so to speak, but it gave me, just a, uh, I, I became someone I wasn't. And when you're doing that, that imposter, not a bad imposter, I don't mean that, but it just, it just, it still didn't keep me healthy. It didn't give me health and peace. And, uh, you know, I think we're all born, this is my view, to find peace and love in our life and happiness. And it's not all about us. I don't want to you know, make it all that. But I think that's the design, regardless of the religion or whatever. I think that's how we're born. And then a lot of things take us off that path. But I, I know for me, going through hell mm. on this earth, yeah. let me find a piece of heaven on this earth. <laughs> and it's, for me, it's not about gaining anything after this because I don't know the answer. It's been told, it's been written, but I've never spoken to or seen a video of anybody that went. And on the flip side, down below, there's the same thing. That's, those are some concepts that for me, this is my life mm -hmm. from cradle to grave. I hope there's something after it. Yeah. I have no guarantees, but as I've gotten older and been on this journey is that's what's kept me going because I don't know if I'll see tomorrow. And so I'm trying to make me a better version of myself and be the real authentic me mm. that 
uh, can be the best thing to other those around me. Right. Not that I'm, you know, I think we all have that within us. And we all have different ways of finding that, right. you know, whatever that is. But if it's outside peace and love, it's not right. I don't care what moniker you tote, you know, that's just, uh, that's kind of the way I see it. Is that how you would describe even this word that's been used a lot frequent or lately and used in the intro to my podcast is aliveness, that that's what we're really after is the experience of aliveness. And how would you des what, describe the meaning of that for you? What does aliveness look like? Oh, it's huge. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, that's it. It's waking up. I'll get up 4.30 or 5 and I journal. I read, write, and the three R's I call it. There's actually four R's I call it now, but I forget the other one right this second. But it's <laughs> reading, writing, and wrestling. Mm, and so wrestling. the alcoholism took me close to death. I mean, literally. And the opposite of that um, in sobriety, I've been shown little steps that took a while, but just a life I wouldn't have even imagined, you know? And so I feel I'm me, you know? There was a one thing, I used to cuss all the time. Then I quit. Now I'm back for a long time. And I, I used some F-bombs and things that make some uncomfortable, but it, it's it's just me. I'm not trying to be a shock factor. I'm just saying that's that's who I am. And again, back to resort to childhood, it's kind of that aliveness. That's, that's when I felt the most alive. Some things happen. I can't change that, but, you know, I, I learned to deal with them. Actually got a therapist back in the fall mm. that I never was going to do, but that is just opened up more. I knew it was there. Uh, the 12 steps revealed it to me. My reading, wrestling, and journaling, and all that revealed it. I knew it, yeah. but I just needed to uh, experience it. So when you say aliveness, it's all experience to me. Mm -hmm. We can read about religion, we can read about this, that, and other, but the human experience can bring death. <laughs> Uh, or it can bring life. So the way I, I've been given a second chance, maybe more than that, but that's how I feel. Once I, once I got sober and it was more than just not drinking, there was an issue there that led me there. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it was the abuse and things of just things. And so once I, I kind of call it the 51%. Once I wanted to live more than I wanted to die mm -hmm. internally, yeah. Um, the the light started shining, you know, and it mm -hmm. just it it just kept opening up more and more as I've traversed this journey, and it's been some just funny rabbit trails, you know. Not to get name dropping right now, but it's just things that led me to this, to that, and the synchronicity that that I found, and we'll maybe cover yeah. in a minute, but it's. It's just an awareness. I, I see the outdoors and nature, which is always what I was. It mm -hmm. was a, it's what I was, this little boy was, was out in the woods by myself as an introvert. Most people question that. If I know you, I'm fairly extroverted, especially when I was drinking. 
I was really <laughs> extroverted. But it's uh, that little boy that loved nature is the same guy, except my eyes were open just like they were then because mm -hmm. I, I quit seeing everything. I didn't, I drove by everything, but as I, especially with this farm, you know, walking and, and slowing down, my life slowing down, and just it's like, um, you know, I've been given this gift of another day, and yeah. it's it's I remember that's a long when I was, version of aliveness. Yeah. Man, that's beautiful. <laughs> I love. So I'm just listening to you and going, I could write a few songs out of what yeah, you yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, the, by the way, this little spot we're standing in, sitting in right now, is so beautiful. Yeah, this little is benches. Uh, when and you can see the river down there if you look. The leaves are here, but it's full, it's full and this, green. We uh, used to farm that feel well over there by that road and that's, that's the where, little harpeth in between right this is the harp the, the harp, big harpeth the big harpeth yeah, okay yeah. do you remember the book where the red fern grows oh, or yeah. the movie yeah did you see the movie um I, I think i saw it with my kids when they were little well it's that's my alter ego is billy coleman the young mm. boy in where the red fern grows and, and it's one of those when i saw read the book i vividly remember where i was sitting not crying, you How know, reading you? this uh, 12 or 13. Mm. And literature, I read a lot. It's something I didn't think about when you talk about writing and things. Those were my loves then. I wrote poetry and all this stuff. But I, I started smoking weed at 12, and I don't mean trying it. I was just, uh, yeah, drugs and alcohol from then on for a long period of time, mm. trying to cover up. But uh, in the movie, this exact scene, it's this. It looks like these trees right here. And when I saw this farm, it just said, you have to have it. Like a and sign, there's, huh? There's another story down by the river I'll tell you about. Okay. But, uh, you know, when you were talking about that waking up period and, um, you know, just coming back to yourself, it, I was, it reminded me of when um, I went to get my eyes checked when I was 22. Two, I think 23 maybe I'd always had 2020 vision never had right, glasses right. or anything and I thought I was just having uh, an issue with night vision you know because right. it seemed like when I was driving I had a little trouble with the signs and right. the exits so I went in I was like I think it's just a night issue you know can you? and they examined my eyes and it wasn't anything major like compared right. to most of my friends prescriptions it was a very mild prescription but the first time I put those glasses on and started driving down the road it was like, whoa, this, everybody, the, you can see leaves on trees <laughs> that you're driving past. Yeah. I had no idea what I was missing. Wow. And wow. I felt exhilarated to be brought back to my original vision, you know, the yeah. ability to see the details and to appreciate them. And the last few years of my journey, that's been a big, you know, repeating statement is I want to see what I'm not seeing. I'm just like <gasps> thirsty yeah. and hungry to just see what I'm not seeing. Yeah. And every new insight or epiphany or understanding or experience just lights you up. Yeah. You know, when you're it. when you're ready, yeah. when you're ready. And that's it. it. When you're yeah. not ready. And I almost I, I try to keep it within my story because I can't yeah. speak really for anybody else, although there's a million similar stories. But. You know, I know for me, I, I wouldn't have known the life I know had there not been that darkness. Mm -hmm. There's a comparison, you know, and I don't even call anything good or bad anymore. 
it just is as it it's is supposed to be is. and I hope I learned from it correctly but uh, yeah it's it's just a beautiful thing to be to go back to that in awe of the world primarily nature for mm -hmm. me I mean it's a nature thing I yes, know it is for it. you you know and that and music um, you know so it's I can go back uh, there's a saying in the 12 step uh, association that is uh, don't regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it huh. and when I first got sober that was huge and for me what had happened I'd thrown all my old music away from I mean I grew up in the 60s and 70s when the best music ever written but I quit listening to it you know why was that well when I got um, saved or whatever mm -hmm. that I became I thought I had to leave that all behind mm -hmm. and some here in this would probably argue that point for me it left me uh, there was something missing there and so I literally got rid of everything I've now bought a, a turntable to get some of my vinyls oh, back nice. from my kids I gave them all oh, my good music you know but now it's kind of the flip side because I can listen to uh 70s channel on Sirius XM and and I can tell you the year of stuff not because I was that good or remember reading it on the record but it's memories hmm. I can I remember riding down the road with so-and-so and I'll say that was 75 I remember that before we could drive before I could drive or things like that but it's uh, and it it kind of brings back the feelings and has helped me deal with those feelings, alone feelings or whatever when I was a teen or that uh, are still visceral when I hear the music yeah. and just go, you know, but I'm working on, you know, all of that constantly to not so much empty the feeling. I think that was kind of an original goal. Like I just need, if I'm feeling down, something's wrong. What am I doing right. wrong here, right. you know, but it's just feel it and let it go. And I don't know if you're familiar with the Melody Beatty, you know Melody? Oh, I the know language the name. of letting go. That was a big help in me early on, just of letting things go. It's a codependent see oh, yeah. book. And that probably led me, you know, with a lot of these rabbit trails of the deconstruction, I guess, which is a, a term now, mm -hmm. you know, I had to tear the whole thing down, you know? Yeah. And uh, yeah, there's just so much. Uh, with Taoism and just a lot of the Eastern stuff that I relate to, uh, really the rivers taught me a lot of that and that goes hand in hand. And that's where a lot of the synchronicity for me has come in when I've written something and then I read it. Hmm. You read it elsewhere? Yes. You mean you've already It's been, just confirming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of this deja vu almost weird thing, but it's, it's continually made me feel comfortable that I'm walking in the right steps, yeah. you know. Some of them are epiphanies, some are just random crazy things, synchronicities that I could go on and on about. You have to read the book whenever I get it. But, <laughs> it, right. but it's just, uh, I don't know, it's just a, a piece that, uh, that works for me. You know what I, I was gonna say about, um, or add on to what you shared a minute ago, is the part where you said, you know, you stopped saying bad or good and just 
it just is what it needs to be. Yeah. And then you were talking about letting go, you know, that, and, and I think that those two things in my experience are really tied. The more I label something as bad, the harder it is to let go of it. Yeah. You know, the more I just say, everything is just here to teach me. Yeah. And any perceived mistakes even that I made, I needed to make, you know, the person in me who made that mistake was serving today's me, yeah. you know, by giving me that opportunity to learn. Right. It's, it's just all classroom, the school, yeah. the school of life, really. School of hard knocks. Um, but yeah, I, I resonate with that. Letting go of the bad, good thing has been super freeing. And I think my the old version of myself 20 years ago would have been so offended by that and would have thought you just want to be able to do what you want to yeah, do and indulge it. your base cravings yeah, and not and right. it has nothing to do with that it actually yeah. has nothing to do with that it has right. to do with just letting life experience be your teacher yeah. trusting yourself to and, and that i guess the only temptation i would have to use some the word bad or fail failure even is if i refused to learn from right. a thing yes and that's why I yeah. said earlier, it's, I should be learning from it. Yeah. But the bad's always turned into good for me, yeah. always. Watching that river has taught me so much of just uh, flailing upstream. I was yeah. trying to control everything outside myself. I would, this, this was irrelevant. It's, if everybody else around me will do yeah. right, <laughs> then I'm, I'm good. You know, right. when that happens, I, it's going to be some peace. But it's just completely yes, flipped, completely right? Completely flipped and, <laughs> and said, now look in the mirror. There was, you know who John Foreman is, I know. Mm -hmm. He had a solo album that this always stuck in my mind. He had a song that mirrors the is so hard to hold or the hardest thing to hold. Oh, wow. And it's, you know. My sponsor always said, you know, what's your part in things, you know, but it, it was a self, you know, diving into self and I wouldn't even say just working on self. That came as a, as just an additive, but it was just, I don't know, just following this, this journey and listening to quotes and recently the Mary Olivers and the, mm -hmm. that I didn't even know who was Ben and Emily turned me on to her but uh, uh, yeah it's just a constant picking up uh, what I need and dropping the rest mm -hmm. and when the when or what I was going to say earlier and maybe I did but when you said but it's when the uh, student is ready the teacher appears yes. and that's huge yeah, yeah. when you're not ready you know, how many people I've known go to rehab and forced rehabs and it just, sometimes they work, but typically when you're not ready to do something, it's, it's not going to work. Which is a word to parents of teenagers, yeah, I, yeah. and I am one of those. <laughs> to, um, you know, I had a life coach say to me recently, guess what? You don't control him. Yeah. You never have. When he was one, you weren't. He yeah. was controlling him. Right. And the sooner you can accept that. And it doesn't mean I have no responsibility to him. Yeah. But I am I cannot be responsible for yes. him because he has dignity and yeah. choice. And yeah. um so it's a tough one. It's a tough one. But yeah. the more I'm glad my kids are grown. <laughs> <laughs> the more we yeah, realize that the only thing we need to control and control even feels not even yeah, the right a good word, word right yeah, yeah for right. even self but the the thing to there's this video 
we were joking about the other day, we had seen this video of a little girl trying to get into her car seat as she was maybe two, mm-hmm. trying to buckle it up and her dad uh, is filming because he knows she's yeah. going to be funny, but he's like, hey, do you want me to help you with that? And she's like, no, focus on yourself, focus <laughs> on yourself. <laughs> and we just, we knew yeah. like that's something her parents, she's heard her parents yeah. say a lot is focus on yourself. But how true is that? Like focus on yourself. And when you were talking yeah. about the mirror is the hardest thing to hold, um, lately I've been exploring this idea of actually everything that's happening around you is also a mirror, yeah. right? Yeah. And and we are projecting our, you know, we see the world, who said this? I, I don't remember who I'm quoting. We see the world not as it is, but as we are. Yeah. And um, I've just, the more I experiment with that and pay attention, I'm like, yep. <laughs> I was totally seeing in that person what's in me seeing that in the world the way we because we know that because two kids grow up in the same family or two people are standing in the same woods and they're seeing it and experiencing it differently based on what's in here yeah i've been reading a book called the soul's code james hillman i believe it is that Um, sounds intriguing but it's it kind of lined up what i felt the enneagram once i learned of that told me and this is my just my interpretation I was that in the womb you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. I always thought well I became this because of abuse or whatever but I think you know those personalities like I said earlier deal with that and I just feel that uh, you know in the souls code they talk about a lot of that with twins that were adopted uh-huh. and finally come together and they actually buy the same brand of shoe or something. But it's things. weird things like that. But but I agree. It's and kind of, I don't know. I've, we're all connected. Mm-hmm. We're all connected. And, you know, I guess that aliveness, what I was saying earlier, what I want to project is peace and love. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like that can can help the connectedness. Now, am I going to save the planet? You know, Bruce Almighty. There was a time <laughs> I thought I was. I felt like I had to save souls for everybody. But I don't know. I think you just love people where they're at, and uh, it all works out. Which is the way. That's the essence of you that I per- have perceived. You know, every time I've talked with you. Um, and which is why I wanted to interview you. I was actually saying to a friend before I came over here, I was like, I'm going to interview this guy I know, and I just feel like he knows things I want to know. Like I just, <laughs> so let's go back yeah. to your story, you know, and we'll walk, who, who were you, you know, when you got derailed all those years ago and lost your sense of authentic self? Well, you know, partied too much, drank too much. I was a good old boy, just mm-hmm. a good old boy. You know, I was, Normally not mean-spirited. Uh, had a lot of friends from all walks of life. Grew up in Arkansas, and uh, we'll just fast forward to the the event, I guess we'll call it. But I should know the exact day and year, but it, as I've gotten older, it's blurred. It was a good 20 years ago. But I... Um, had a guy call me, and I'm going to try to, my wife says I can't make this story short, but I uh, had a guy call me about some tires, and he came to see me, uh, drove over and got them. I, asked, I used to do some business with him in another uh, 
uh, aspect. And I said, what are you doing now? He said, I'm driving a tour bus for a Christian rock band. Well, I didn't even know what that was, you know, and so he gave me some music, you know, and I'd ride around after work, get my 12-pack mm-hmm. of bush and drive around the back roads to unwind and listen to this music, and like I said, I've always been drawn to music, and it was really good. Anyway, uh, I ended up inviting this band to uh, to our town, and uh, they would do two shows, hoping kids would bring them out, the other kids talk and bring them to the next one. They were playing a song called Use Me and a little altar call, and uh, I couldn't uh, I couldn't get up and move. I was trying to get up, and I literally felt like I, I was pressed to the seat. Mm. <laughs> so I went home with them on the tour bus, helped clean up the theater, and told them what happened, and they dropped me off, oh, probably a half mile from the house because they were in a tour bus, and I lived in the neighborhood. And, I remember just bawling, driving down, walking down the road and kind of quit the cussing, drinking and smoking, you know, and all that. And uh, two weeks later, here's where it gets crazy. Uh, This will be out in the airways, but in uh, one night, two weeks later, I woke up and it was 3.33 in the morning. I looked at the clock. Same clock I've had since high school. Same, still have that clock. And uh, I immediately, for some reason, thought that's half a 666. And I don't know why. I wasn't a biblical scholar at all. But I looked at the foot of my bed, and this wasn't a dream. This is what's really weird. There was Jesus standing at the foot of my bed with a sign, half a face, and a sign that said, you're halfway there. Let me show you the whole picture. Hmm. Gone. I flipped out. Woke Jan up. I was crying, and anyway, long story short, I I called my. I didn't go into work. I called my cousin, talked to him, went to the store, and talked to our associate pastor, and told him what happened. And I told my cousin at work, you know, we need to sell or something. I've got something's happened to me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know, you know, I I didn't have a clue, but it it was so life altering, you know. Mm -hmm. And so that that led me to we sold the store. I stayed a few years and I had a phone call. That's a whole rabbit trail. I won't go down from a pastor here that somebody given him my name. I was at the tire company and. He uh, just uttered the words, we've been praying for some older folk in our church. While I was in that phone conversation, I felt uh, the voice say, you're moving to Nashville. So I told Jana, my wife, hey, we're moving. Uh, God told me we're moving to Nashville. The crazy thing, I looking back she said okay you know we had never been to nashville (laughs) you know i had some connections i will say one piece i left out i was i started doing promoting christian rock shows and did that for quite a few years had a festival uh met a lot of people and but i didn't know what i was going to do so i I told them at work i was leaving like i said that was 13 years ago and i'm still uh 
you know, in that capacity, but uh, there was some real synchronistic stuff that ended us up here in Kingston Springs. My daughter and wife found this house, Haley liked the creek, <laughs> and we were gorgeous. sent here. I guess is, I, I don't know any, that, that's what makes it kind of crazy because it's not, wasn't so much like, oh, I'm burned out, I'm gonna move kind of thing. Uh -huh. It was, I was sent. There's been just so many things that, uh, you know, have led me to this moment. You always have kind of a thought of a way things are gonna look mm -hmm. in life, and you kind of figure out they never really look that way. Mm -hmm. And uh, so <clears throat> I was uh, given the word one night in, in church of natural and organic, mm -hmm. and you will see things outside the box. You won't see things like most people. Well, both of those have probably turned out true uh, as we're walking on an organic farm, but its uh, I wouldn't even have thought that, you know, and that's a crazy thing. If you had told any of my family or any friends or anybody that knew it 20 years ago, this is what their life's going to look like. None of us, none of my kids. Ben played music uh -huh. early, but maybe him a little as a musician, he and Emily, but uh, Haley was, you know, a little cheerleader and ended up being an organic farmer, you know, but, <laughs> but uh, so that's a lot of stories there, how they ended up here, but it's just, uh, I don't know. I, I go back to that vision of, even when I was deconstructing, you know, I was like, you know, this was Jesus, but that's mm. that's who I see now is Jesus, uh -huh. not a entity, you know. Uh -huh. um, and that's a whole nother rabbit trail. But it's uh, I just I see pieces of a lot of that, and I, I feel that the the halfway there. Let me show you the whole picture. There's been several times I thought. Okay, I've seen the whole picture. Mm -hmm. Sobriety was one of them. Mm -hmm. But now I know it's just, uh, I, I'm, I'm gaining over the halfway there, but I'll never get to, the, to see the whole picture. But I was pointed, in my opinion, by Jesus to look all over, you know? I don't know what that even means so or looks like, yes. you know? You don't hear that very often. That yeah. Jesus <laughs> wants me to look at everything. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's just what I firmly believe, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, so. How has, how does your new way, how has your new way of seeing since sobriety, since 12 steps, since um, this spiritual shift, you know, how has that impacted or changed the way you show up in the world and in your relationships? Well, just freer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a freer version of me. Uh, the previous guy was wound up tighter than Dick's hat band and uh, just anxious and nervous and what if, you know. Mm. I went through daily, what if, you know, looking at the past and, uh, you know. Did you have any people in your life who resisted you changing? Well, I I don't know specifically. I, I think 
probably for my wife it's a little harder because the guy she knew and married, I wasn't. She didn't know that guy. So mm -hmm. I think uh, the real me started showing up. Um, yeah. So uh, you know, I think that's one thing. Is just uh, there was a freer version of me, and I always say, you know, this is down here where well, I wish we had a video camera but the uh, on the way back I will get my on phone the river out you know it's just this is just where I feel it all there's a there was a you know this this space is pretty special it was a lot of indigenous people here 900 years ago and I just feel uh, this is just kind of my it's where I've been healed, mm. you know, and continue to heal. And, and maybe some of my healings can help somebody else, you know. I'm not there, wherever that is, but I'm, I'm way better than I was, you know. Uh, I'm continually working on it and, and knowing that it's something bigger than me's always held the the cords, you know, yeah. held the strings and, you know, there's times it was called God and sometimes I call it the source or the light or the higher power, but it's one and the same. That mm -hmm. never changed for me mentally. It's not like, oh, there was this one. And it probably was a different concept, but as far as who has led me on this journey mm -hmm. is, uh, and who's taken the wheel this whole trip is is uh, the same, you know, mm. the same. Now, there's been some twists and turns of it, you know. Maybe I view it as, as mother, you know, more than father. Mm -hmm. But I think it's aspect of all, you know. It's just, uh, it's so much bigger than, than, uh, than I can even imagine or... Uh, understand and that's what's beautiful to me i i used to pride myself in thinking i had it figured out and you know would just point fingers and condemn and now it's just a lot freer when i can uh, let people be themselves and if i'm there for them they need me i'll be there mm -hmm. you know so did you um kind of backtracking to how, how many years have you been sober Almost 10. Almost yeah, 10. yeah, in September. Now, did you have either long before you got to the point of readiness or at that time, were other people close to you asking you to deal with that? Oh, yeah. yeah Your yeah. family was asking yeah. you to do it. Yeah. And it's one of those a lot of times you don't want to hear it. Uh -huh. uh, most people don't want to talk about it. But it's... Uh, it's one of those that, uh, yeah, I definitely, uh, I knew it though, you know, mm -hmm. I knew it. Uh, you kind of get sucked into it and there's so many views on addiction, but it takes a wheel, you know, and uh, it's hard to get out. It's hard to get out, you know, and I was a fortunate one. I've, I've known a lot of friends and family that didn't make it out you know and mm -hmm. that's uh that's why i say this gift of uh 
of every day being able to wake up and experience things is uh, whether as we say good or bad just experience whatever it is knowing that I can uh, I put in some work and with the gift from above or out there in the universe have uh, been able to to maneuver way better than I used to mm. you know we, and you have two kids who are both grown. We talked about Ben right. and Haley. And um, one thing I think about a lot as a parent whose kids are, you know, teenagers, right. is um, how I would be different if I were parenting them now, if I was doing it over again. And not, and not saying that with even regret or shame or right. anything, but just like, oh, here's a different message I, w I would, given who I am now, give to them. So, like, do you have something that if... If you could go back and talk to Ben and Haley, you know, at ages five and seven or something now, what would be the main things that you would be consciously wanting to give them? What kinds of understandings about who they are or ways of seeing? What would be important to you? Yeah, well, I think I would try to do it with less control. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that that's probably the biggest thing even with both of those we always i'm old hippie at heart and you know probably we jana and i both harped on them from the beginning of time that do what you love to do and money will follow maybe but it's not about the money you know and we did that almost to a fault <laughs> Which part? Following what you love? Or? Yeah, and they've both done it. And I say to a fault. I mean, they just, they heard it a lot. And, and they've both done it and been fortunate to, uh, to do what they love. You know, what you said, I think about a lot. But I, here's how I do it, I guess, is with my grandkids. Mm. That's the do-over. Yeah. That's the, you know, when you're young... You don't know how to be a but you can read books, man, but it's 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 different. Every kid's different, every environment's different and you know, that's that's uh, my grandson Wilder especially. Uh he spends a lot of time at this farm. Lily's getting a little older, Wilder's six, Lily's three, and she'll uh you know, take to it. She's where she loves to come. She's just a little harder to keep mm -hmm. up with. But it's, they've taught me, and both my kids probably, have taught me more than I, I believe I ever taught them. Now they might differ that, but when I started to listen, you know, Cat Stevens has a line in a song. He was always, you know, I think it's the father-son song, but he says, uh, as soon as I learned to talk, I was ordered to listen. Mm. And that's, I think most kids would probably opt to that because it's, it's at least for me, the control side. With these kids, I listen. You know, I've got so many videos I gotta get Ben to try to, Wilder and I have been wanting to start a YouTube channel and Lily, get Lily in the loop because she's a hoot. But it's just listening. I walk and listen. about them. Now I'm a talker. Uh -huh. The good thing with them, I can't talk like this. I can't 
philosophize and uh -huh. talk about deep stuff with a six-year-old. It's small stuff, but the small stuff is the big stuff. And it's huge, man. And I just, I listen. Like I said, I learn from listening. There's a time I talk too much. That's one of my, one of my things. But the, uh, um, you know, being around those kids, I've slowed down and seeing it through their eyes, which I'd already, as I keep saying, return to that. Yeah. So it's like I'm a kid with them. You know, I was wound up tight and I didn't, relax unless I was drinking. When I quit drinking, I had to learn how to do all that over again. And uh, it's just, yeah, it's it wasn't just the, the quitting the drinking, it was the healing. The healing brought the peace, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, it wasn't the, just the like drinking I, is symptomatic. Yes, right? drinking drugs, whatever it is, it's all kind of the same boat, you know, but uh, you know, it just for me, it's it's that. It allowed me to look through different glasses like you were saying earlier, you know, looking through a, a different lens. It, it took a while, uh, it took a while to get the anxiety levels down. And, uh, but it's, it's mainly walking these roads, these farms, these woods and sitting and listening to this river that's in front of us. It's taught me and so much, you know, looking at the river, it's up a little bit. I've seen trees coming through. Like I said, where we're standing, this was 10 foot underwater two months ago. So it can get ugly. But I came up with the concept, which is gonna be laughable almost, but the current, which mm -hmm. is the present. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sure I'm not the first one that I don't wanna be plagiarized there, but it's just the current. It's, I can't go, if I go backwards and try to fix anything this way, it's, it's hard, I can't, I'm just gonna flail. I can swim fast I wanna swim, but if I just flip over and just see what's around the next bend at the, at the speed that river takes me, whether it's fast or slow, whatever life brings me, right. I know I gotta face it, you know? And I've been given the tools and the gift to be able to enjoy it at any level, you know, and so, you know, it's it's an I'm 61, which is in the modern world is not an old man, but I know each day I get up, I'm closer to death than I was mm. yesterday. Which is 100 so, true for all of us. <laughs> so it's it's given me a different lens and perspective to, you know, as I was saying, what if this was your last day on earth? What would you, would you change anything? Yeah, I think everybody would say, mm -hmm. if I knew for a fact, yes. And so, I don't hit that every day, but it's uh, it's just an easier way for me to to see it because I've been given that gift and, like I said, being sent here. It's all it's all the path that brought you here. Yeah. Um, a question I always love to ask everybody is, what do you, and this is especially beautiful, a beautiful question for you since you felt yourself journey away from the home of your true being and now back. Um, so what do you enjoy most about being you, about being Bruce? What do you love about it? Probably that, being me. Mm, just being you. Yeah. yeah. The, the guy that I knew that was, kind of funny and quirky and 
goofy and just, I had a cousin pass away here a while back. I went to the funeral in Wisconsin a couple weeks ago and got to see some people I don't see very often, but it was my Minnesota family originally where my mom was from. But they would have me come over and speak just because of my accent. You know, they would literally <laughs> have couches full of neighborhood kids to watch me speak. But those were so much fun times. But I don't know, life had me more serious. And, you know, I've always enjoyed the outdoors is where I'm more at home. Yeah, going back to, to me, I think that's, that's strange. But I, I think maybe people can relate to that. I know you can, mm -hmm. you know, and it's the real you and who is that, you know, who am I, you know, the, yeah. you know, what is life, but it's those questions that you really ponder, I do. Well, there's such an ease, when you come back to yourself, there's an ease. You can you do cannot, you easily. Yes, yeah. you cannot experience ease yeah. when you are being something other than yourself or saying things that are other than true for you, Yeah. trying to embody things that are not true for you. Yeah. And, um, and that's it. I don't know. It's, it's, uh, yeah. Well, I love it's that just freeing, answer. So. Yeah, I love the answer. I just love the fact that I am myself and I love the way it feels to be myself, yeah. to be me. That's awesome. After we ended our conversation, we walked a little bit further and then Bruce said, oh, I wanted to share this poem that's meant so much to me. So I asked him to read this piece from Mary Oliver, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. This is the journey by Mary Oliver. It's kind of been my, my mantra these days. One day you finally knew what you had to do and began, though the voices around you kept shouting their bad advice, though the whole house began to tremble and you felt the old tug at your ankles. Mend my life, each voice cried, but you didn't stop. You knew what you had to do though the wind pried with its stiff fingers at the very foundations, though their melancholy was terrible. It was already late enough in a wild night and the road full of fallen branches and stones. But little by little, as you left their voices behind, the stars began to burn through the sheets of clouds and there was a new voice, which you slowly recognized as your own, that kept you company as you strode deeper and deeper into the world determined to do the only thing you could do, determined to save the only life you could save. Well, a big thank you to Bruce Roberts of Harpeth Moon Farm and to each one of you who's taken your time to listen with me today and hear about Bruce's sense of aliveness that he's found through simply returning to his true self that he had lost along the way. I relate to that so much. Um, if you'd like to find out more about me and my work, you can find me at KristaWellsMusic.com. I'd also be extremely grateful if you'd take a second to leave a review, a rating, and subscribe to this podcast. Until next time, keep growing.